Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate, relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. In my opinion, consent is so relative to the culture in which you're interacting. I almost perceive it as the most important kind of cultural practice, or at the very least, the most important kind of cultural of etiquette, perhaps. However, how culture practices consent, no matter how important or unimportant it may be in that culture, it can look so wildly different one culture to the next. In my opinion, there's no long linear string of an evolution of consent where you have, you know, touching and grunting and and such, you know, being the like lungfish hopping out of the water and then you gradually have, you know, yes means yes and no means no standing up and there's some magic ideal consent that's going to make every problem better in the world at the very end of it. Instead, what I see is various clouds of concepts that all support better consent, that support reducing the likelihood that you will unintentionally give someone a subjective experience of non-consent. Because for me, at least in my opinion, consent is very much a felt sense kind of thing where you, you know whether or not it feels like you consented to a thing. And I think we just get so caught up in these philosophies that we have, these very intellectualized practices of of indemnity to risk and protection from litigation. Like we tend to have such a legalism type mindset in, in Western culture. Anyway, I'm speaking, of course, um, from the perspective of Western Canada. But I feel like our perspective is informed by being asked what we did to prevent the outcome or mitigate damage if it arose out of non-consent rather than how can we improve our consent so that if and when there is non-consent type damage it's far reduced from what it could have been and i find it the quality of consent we get and the reduction of risks we take unnecessarily that sort of have the biggest payoff. So rather than thinking of it as yes means yes and no means no, which are you know legitimate structures, they can be practiced separately or superimposed and practiced together. Um, but regardless of how you practice consent, just keep in mind that there are certain um, clouds or pillars or areas or groupings of things that improve your consent. Things like how certain are you? In fact, I have a whole framework called the Voices Consent Framework, and rather than simply regurgitate the whole thing for you now, I will simply say, go and check out intimatevictor.com forward slash consent if you want to know more. However, I think when we talk about trying to teach consent, we lose a lot of ground when we try and teach something that 
the kids were trying to teach, the young adults were trying to teach, immediately don't resonate with. If they immediately feel like they have lived experience to the contrary, it's really shooting yourself in the foot. For example, if you teach people that consent can only be consent when you're sober and when you get, you know, yes means yes, and then two human beings hook up at a frat party, they have they get drunk, they have sex with each other, and when they sober up, they're both used to the drill, and for them, it's a handshake or possibly an, oh, you're still here, kind of a question. You know, a lot of people would look down on that and saying, say, that isn't consent, but for me, I know I can't know the inner experience of those two people. I can't know what other people are feeling or experiencing, so if we go to this place of you know, treating consent like a felt sense. And I don't mean for the purpose of litigation or lawsuits or criminal charges, because if you get into the realm of the legal, it gets very fraught and complicated. I'm just talking about teaching consent and consent practices. So what I would say is you can't know the inner experience of those two people. You have to take it on faith that when someone describes their inner state, they're either being truthful or they don't want to engage with you in good faith about it. They don't want to have that conversation. So if they seem like they want to talk, I have to trust they're giving me reasonable, honest accounts of their feelings. If they don't know themselves well, that's not really for me to decide for them. That's how I look at it. So in my opinion, we need to start giving people more honest, nuanced frameworks for navigating things as complicated as consent. We need to start communicating to our audiences. And yes, we have to communicate at the level they're at, sure. However, we have this thing where we want to believe university students capable of learning math, you know, calculus, physics, computer science, literature, like fine minds of tomorrow. And we want to believe that they can't understand a one or two hour consent lecture. And let's be honest here. Let's make it a workshop, make it something fun, not necessarily a lecture. But are you telling me that's the most boring class they're going to have to attend? As a person who's been to university, I don't believe you. Um, what I will say is they might have much better sex afterwards. And I think if you made it a workshop, you could make really interesting consent education. Um, but we would need to take it seriously as a field of education, which I don't think we do. I would also say the biggest objection I run into with educating university students about consent is the attention span argument. You've got to distill what you're saying to um, paraphrase a famous educator um, so that a drunken frat boy will remember it at a party a week from tonight. Credit to Reed Mahalko for that. I, I really love that litmus test. If a drunk frat boy can't remember it a week from tonight, you're probably not making it simple enough. So there's a point about tools, um, and there's also a point about having a good framework. So while I'm not a world-class educator necessarily um, on teaching this stuff, I do really love my Voices Consent framework. Um, you can find it, as I said before, at intimatevictor.com forward slash consent. And I highly encourage you learning it, loving it, teaching it, reaching out, collaborating. Um, I do workshops, all that jazz. I encourage you to teach it. Reach out to me for permission if you're worried about licensing and stuff. But ultimately, if you aren't charging for the education, I'm not going to charge you to teach it. So get in touch if you want to collaborate, and let's teach better consent. Oh, that went longer than I meant for it to. So if you want to follow Court Vox, he's on Instagram, at Court Vox. If you want to follow me, I'm at Intimate Victor on Instagram, uh, Facebook, slash Intimate Victor, and Twitter, of course, as always, at Intimate Victor. You can also engage with the community at Facebook.com, slash groups, slash Intimate Interactions, and of course, you can reach out to CourtVox at thebodyvox.com, and you can reach out to me at victor at victorsalmon.com or through intimatevictor.com, the website. Now, let's go to CourtVox sharing his advice on getting consent on hookup apps here on Intimate Interactions. 
I'm sitting with Court Vox, somatic sex educator and intimacy consultant and member of the World Association of Sex Coaches. And today we're going to be talking about a guide on how to set consent boundaries on hookup sites. I'm really excited for this one, Court. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I think, you know, hookup sites kind of get a bad rap. Um, and it's, it's kind of like porn. Everybody wants to, like, poop on Scruff and Grinder and all the other ones. Um, but everybody's also using them. So <laughs> like, it's like, instead of, of, can I say a bad word on this? Podcast? You can absolutely say bad okay. words on this. In, instead of shitting on it and being like, this is bad, this sucks, all right? I'm not getting what I want from this. Like, figure out how to make it work for you in that mm-hmm. setting. And I think mm-hmm. one of the most palpable and powerful um, tools is that you're behind a screen, Right. Before you even meet someone, you have the opportunity to set your own agreements, to set your own boundaries, um, to discuss consent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not in alignment with that person, you get to say, thank you so much. I don't think this is going to work out, right? Yeah. Um, so questions like, I, I get this like, um, don't ask me what I'm into. It's such a cliche question. In reality, it's actually, it's a great question. Maybe it needs to be asked in a different way, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's like, what would you like to do today? What would you like to get out of our time together? You know, are you wanting to do a a dominance and submission scene? Or are you wanting to, are you more like into a romantic, sensual feel today? (laughs) You know, because if I'm talking to you and I'm really feeling sensual and, you know, I'm going to explore breath and I show up and you're like, I, I, I want to be dominated. And I'm like, whoa, that's totally not in alignment with what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really a matter of communication. Like you've missed the opportunity to communicate and set your own scene before you even arrive. So mm-hmm. really taking the opportunity of being behind the screen to do that for yourself. Um, so I do think, I think what are you into is right. a perfectly plausible question. I also think, you know, telling somebody what you're into, what you're looking for without asking them, you know, doing a little bit work up front. Mm-hmm. I am a bottom and I'm looking to get f- fucked today. Really sure. Hard. Great. I'm into that. I'm, I'm coming over. sure or like no i I actually i don't want to i'm not really feeling penetration today i i really want to do like a uh a bait scene that's what i'm into oh okay well i could get into that like could you know in really using this as like a negotiation time Mm -hmm. well okay if you're not gonna fuck me maybe like are you open to like playing with my asshole with your fingers yeah i could do that we could do that and are you like cool, like ending with like a bait session? Yeah, that could be hot for me. Great. See you in five. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and, you know, there's, there's scratchiness, there's an edge to that conversation because it involves speaking your desire. It sure. involves asking for what you want and not even asking, saying what you want. And that's hard for people. Like, oh, yeah. We, you know, I say it like I'm just like spitting it out, but it's challenging for people to say, 
this is what I want. This is how I want it. And like, are you down? And it's not just speaking it, but the, the idea that somebody could actually say no. Oh, for sure. It's also, you're like putting yourself in a really vulnerable place. But the thing is, is like, when you don't put yourself in vulnerable positions like that, you don't get what you want either. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a catch twenty two. You, you know, being decisive, being clear with your desire, with what you want. You know, it might not get you what you want with this person, but it will eventually get you what you want with someone who is willing right. to meet you there, right? And so, this is also a great space to practice communication, negotiation, because I guarantee these are going to be the same conversations you have with a partner or partners, whether you're three months in or one month in or 10 years in. Mm -hmm. These are similar conversations. You are going to still feel scratchy and vulnerable to ask for what you want. You are still going to feel... um, uncomfortable around receiving a no and probably even more so I would say from your partner that you've been with 10 years you know there's so much weight in that yeah it can feel a lot more permanent in a way yeah um so yeah just going back to using these platforms as as practice places Mm -hmm. um and it's funny. I'm going to give an example of a, a friend of mine. I'm, I'm not going to name him. Um, sure. But I, he's so fascinating to me. I, I watch him when we're out, and I see how he flirts with people, and he is just absolutely shameless. And it's so fun, <laughs> beautiful and sexy and fun to watch <laughs> because he'll go up to a guy and say, "Hey, Daddy, I want to get out of here," and like it's ballsy it's big it's a big move. <laughs> yeah. like i'm like whoa this is really got like this is like he's got some guts man and um you know sometimes i see the guy kind of squirm a little bit like oh wow that was very direct and you know and sometimes they're like no not right now i'm i'm not into it and he's like okay cool thanks bye you know, three three minutes later, I see him. He's like, hey, daddy, want to get out of here? <laughs> and it kind of takes that. And I, I've talked to him about it. He's like, look, if they're not into it, I'm not going to waste my time in crying about it. I'm, right. I, I'm looking for something. And, like, there's not just one person that's going to be able to satiate that. There's multiple people that are options. And moving on. Sure. Um. So, I mean, look, it's easier said than done. And I just, I love watching this particular friend of mine in action. And I can imagine he's the same way on, on hookup the, sites, the hookup sites as well. Yeah. Just like, this is what I want. You, you into it or not? Great. Sure. See you in five or, okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your time. Right. Yeah. I really like what you were saying about using it as a platform for practice a lot of these skills are just like such critical life skills that are very hard to do when you first start, but they get progressively easier often with the more experience you get. And the more you recognize that getting a no isn't the end of the world. There will be more human beings. There will be more people. Yeah, absolutely. 
So in terms of in terms of consent with hookup sites, um, do you have any strategies other than um, setting really clear expectations and using your time with someone as negotiation? Well, I think from from a consent perspective, you know, when we talk about sending nude photos or just photos in general. Oh, yeah, um, good one. I, I tend to err on the side, you know, and some people put this in their profiles, right? I think Scruff has started to do this, whether um, you want to accept, like, accepts not safe for work photos, um, which I thought was a great addition. So the platforms are actually adopting more consent-based languaging um, that allows users to set that, you know, up front. Um, mm-hmm. I think as a general rule for me, like, I don't really want to see... Um, all the goods unless I ask sure. or, or like we've been in a conversation already and it's slowing in that direction mm-hmm. um, and with that said there are people that want to see it right up front so it's really like a personal it's such a personal thing and so I think you know putting that in your profile can be can be a way to you know create a little bit of a boundary and form of consent there and there's still people that are not going to read your profile and they're just going to send you a picture of their booty hole. Right sure. that. And, you know, you have to decide how you want to handle that. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's like, thanks, no thanks or block or, um, Hey, I'd really prefer to have a conversation with you first. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think what's true is that there's just like a, a plethora of sexual sexualities in general there's a plethora of of desires and wants and, and configurations and all different ways that you can possibly imagine. And so we do our best. Yeah. I, I think we do our best and we try to hold each other in goodwill, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's important. And it's something that I have to practice a lot too, of going like, you know what? I'm going to just hold this person in goodwill that they you know, didn't know any better or um, this is something that's worked for them in the past or this is something that's acceptable for them. And just, you know, consent is also about speaking your boundary, right? It's not just about asking somebody um, if you can touch them or if you can send them a photo. It's about saying, hey, I'm not, um, I'd prefer if you not send me nude photos right away. Or I'd prefer if you not touch me without asking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I find that consent is such a, such a, communally specific and culturally specific thing that we have certain ideals, especially more recently in the last five ten years, where we're talking about you know consent is like oh well it it has to be this and then well it has to be that and it's like. Yeah, these are like having yes means yes and no means no are are good, and we can go even more nuanced and better than those. Um, and also, the general public is barely operating at like a yes means yes level. True. It's also, like consensual non-consent, where mm-hmm. you have consented that your no means nothing. Right. Right. And so. Because, you know, saying no and stop can be really hot in a scene, but you're also agreeing ahead of time, like, that those words mean nothing in this sort of play. So, right. 
there, it's um, a very it, like I said, it's much more of a nuanced example where exactly. there's you know a lot of pre-negotiation that goes into it, and even in scenes with people who are good at you know practicing consensual non-consent, I've heard horror stories from professional sex educators that are you know in great spaces now, but you know a lot of experts start out as amateurs. Yeah, I think. The, the th- for me, at least, with consensual non-consent, I still always have a safe word. Um, and, sure. you know, for for people, specifically when I'm working with bottoms, we're like, I don't want a safe word. That, for me, doesn't feel safe enough for me to step into. Right. Um, so I, I, I decline, right? And it's tops like, do get that. I love that you said that because a lot of the time tops have told me they don't feel like they can, that they get that they get to say that another person's limits are, are too open. Yeah. And it's also, you know, when you put parameters on something, when you put um, structure around something, it, it, um, it creates space, right? You know, when you, again, when you feel safe enough, when somebody's giving you permission and you know that there's some kind of a, a, a safe word or like a fire escape, Right mm-hmm. when shit goes bad because it does, you know you feel safe in that, and so you can push yourself further. You can push your bottom to go further, um, because you know, you know. And sometimes I'll even ask. I'll say, "Is that a no or is it a red?" Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's a it's a no. Great, moving on. Right, and so. Yeah. You know, specifically when I'm working with somebody new, um, or I'm working whether it's a client or it's. Um, uh, a, a personal lover, right? If I don't know them, I'm still I'm still gaining their trust as well. Um, and for that reason, I, I really like the term power, surrender, and intimacy because it, it speaks more to the exchange of energy that that takes place between the top and the bottom. I think in the times that I've really pushed, just kind of gotten off topic. I apologize. No, it's um, okay. The times when I've really been able to push my dominance and and to step into that is when I've had permission from the bottom to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And in a way where I felt safe enough to go there, I knew that they were taking care of themselves um, in a way that allowed me to take care of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's sort of like if, if a person isn't able to access their no, it's really hard to know if they're actually consenting to what's happening. And when you can trust someone fully to access their no, even in, you know, duress or like great distress, it provides this whole landscape you can explore where you're not worried about taking away their no because you both have this deep trust in their ability to access it. Yeah. You know, there's there's something really sexy about taking, right? So Sure, sure, there can be, for sure, for some. Yeah, taking for my pleasure and then... You know, if it's if it's not a, a consented taking, it's not hot. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I mean, but again, it depends on the person because the whole consensual yeah. non-consent is like the concept can be hot, but the actual practical, you know, um, it's it, exhibition of that there is really consent there. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Well, I want to be mindful and respectful of your time. I'm sure we could talk about BDSM for at least another hour. So. Oh, I'm sure. We could. <laughs> It's one of my well, favorite you. topics. Yeah, I love talking about BDSM. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't end up talking more about it. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Court. It's been lovely having the conversation. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.
So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com slash intimatevictor. You can tweet me at intimatevictor. You can follow me on Instagram at intimatevictor. Pretty easy, right? If you can spare the cost of a cup of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash victorsalmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a good review anywhere online, especially iTunes. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords and played by an AI saxophonist. This closing music is Gymnopédie, number one by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty-free courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with intimate interactions. Be well. <laughs>